Good morning. How's everybody? Happy Mother's Day to everyone, all you wonderful mothers out there. We are glad you're here today. How's everybody week go? Everybody had a good week? Yeah? No? Y'all are like, you're dead. You're tired. What's going on? Why, just because it's raining out, you can be gloomy? I don't think so. All right, everybody stand up. I'm just kidding. Y'all can sit down. If you got your Bibles, go to, go to 2 Corinthians with me. We're going to be still in chapter 3 today. And I want to, um, I want to start with something. We're in, this, in the middle of a series of, of, called Reflect, and we're reflecting His glory and what does that mean and how does that look in my life. And the first week, we started off with unpacking that a little bit in this idea of the story that God is writing on our hearts. And the story that he is writing on our lives and our lives and on our hearts is the story that he is writing, not we're writing, but he's writing, and he gets an opportunity to write this unique piece to our, our lives and to what he wants to see in our lives and what is reflected out of our lives because of him. And so I, we had these little wonderful pieces of paper there that first week, and I encouraged you all to go home and put these on, our, on your mirror, and I won't ask how many of you actually did it, um, because I don't want you to feel guilty. But anyway, um, for not following directions, but that's okay. Um, so the thing I do want you to realize is that God is writing a story on your hearts. And he's writing his story that he wants the world to see of how he is changing your life. How he is transforming your life into who he created you to be. And as he does that, more and more of his promises come out into this world. And they appear to this world and his glory starts shining. And so we get to see this passage in, in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, which is where we're kind of basing this whole series off of. And it reads this. But we all, his body, those that belong to him. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. And this, the interesting thing in all of this is this, this, this transformation piece that, that takes place when we start following Jesus. This transformation piece that starts taking uh, place in our lives as we start letting him write that story and we start giving and submitting to him our lives and trusting him. And as, and as your pastor, I tell you the one thing that I continue to go back to and I continue to just dwell on him because I went home and, and I, I, I wrote this and I put mine up on my mirror and I look at it every morning as I'm shaving and every morning, I don't shave every morning, that's a complete lie. Every morning I brush my teeth. I do, the, do that every morning. Um, but as I'm sitting there and I, and I, I look at that and, and it's a reminder day in and day out, this, this story of trusting him. Trusting him with everything. You know, those, you know those, those, those difficult times that come along in life when, when relationships aren't going so well or when things aren't working out the way that we want them to or things don't happen the way, you know when we're, 
when we're trying to do something in life and we, we write out this amazing story of how God's going to work his way and all, you know, we start a new relationship or we start doing something for God and, and we start saying, we start mapping it out. God's going to show up in this way. God's going to do this. And, and we, so we start doing this and all of a sudden we hit a roadblock and in this roadblock things don't happen the way that we thought God would. And it's, it's interesting, I was at the hospital yesterday meeting with a family and one of the things... And they went in to do something very, um, they thought was going to be a routine procedure. And as they went in, then they opened her up, they quickly realized that it wasn't what they thought. Um, what they thought was an abscess was actually a, a huge cancerous tumor that had grown in the matter of weeks. And, and it had spread. And so in the matter of nine hours, their hope was rock bottom. And they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know how it was going to work out. And they just, they were grasping for something. And by the end of the day, when the doctor walked out after multiple reports, nine hours of surgery and all of this, they walk out in this, in this piece. And I, and I went and I was sitting there with the dad and we were talking. And, and I remember him saying, Chad, I know he's going to do something amazing with this. I just don't know what it is. I just don't know what's going to happen with this. And he goes, and I'm trying not to think about the negative. And I'm sitting, he goes, and he goes, Chad, this was supposed to be a routine surgery. Supposed to be a routine surgery. And it ended up being a nine-hour surgery where they removed the, the tumor and they removed a lot of these other things and, and they were scraping all this stuff. And we started while I was sitting there with the grandfather and the dad and he and and that through that particular piece, we're sitting there waiting for the doctor's report to come out. And what was amazing to me was to watch this dad who's been struggling with his walk with Jesus, who's been struggling with trusting him. Like, let's just be honest, we all do. And I watched him as he puts his trust in the Father. I watched how God started to transform him within a matter of hours to a guy that didn't have much hope in what was going to happen to a guy that just continued to trust and trust and trust. And as he gets this report of his daughter and the thing, the, the surgeons come out and they say, we are very encouraged by what has taken place. We are very encouraged and I sat there with the family, and it was, it was very interesting because as I talked to the dad and I talked to the, the grandfather that was sitting there, he comes out and he starts talking to a sister-in-law who he hadn't had a conversation with in three years. He starts talking about how God's even moving in his own life and all of these things. And see, what we think is just a routine thing that we, you go through and then God rocks our world. The thing is, is, see, this is a part of his story. These things, these things that we go through, these tragedies, these, these pieces, these hang-ups, hang these things that we don't like, it's, it's him writing this story in your life that says, are you going to trust me or not? Are you going to lean into me or not? And today we get to this portion in 2 Corinthians where we get to hear Paul as he writes to the church of Corinth. And as he opens this up and he starts, he starts talking about what's going on and he, and he gets to this point where 
what takes place in this, and, and the thing we're going to dive into today is, do you realize that the freedom we just sang about, that Jocelyn just let us in and the team just let us in, do you realize that has more to do with the choices we make once we give our life to Jesus? Do, do you understand that the choices we make day in and day out can dictate whether our lives are transformed? Like, see, here's the thing I think we forget. Last week, we talked about this covenant relationship that we have with, because of Jesus. The fact that he gave his life and he, and he provided this new covenant that said, if you give your life to me, if you respond to what I do, then what's, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have this new agreement. A new, new agreement that's already been done because I fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled. And if you just respond to this and start believing in me and follow me, your life can be changed. And this new covenant was introduced in this piece that says it's no longer based on how good you are. And it's no longer based on all the good things you do or, or how good you can be. And it's no longer based on you, but it's solely based on what I already did. And so the freedom that so many, this liberty that so many of us crave and this transformation that so many of us want in our lives because let's be honest the life we have right now with well, some of us we don't want this we want something better that's why we bust our tails day in and day out to try to get something better that's why we're always pursuing something else and there's this peace in God that says listen that transformation piece that you're wanting that new life that you're wanting is already there just make the choices to go get it and today we get to look at this piece that the choices that I make the choices that I make in this life will dictate whether my life is transformed or not. It's already there. I just have to make the choices to go get it. And we see this day in and day out. And we get, I want you to think about this. You had a choice today whether you're going to get up and come to church, right? How many of you, in all honesty, said, I am tired. I really don't want to go. Y'all need some, we're talking about integrity next week. <laughs> when my alarm went off this morning, I was just like, really? I need to, can't, I'm tired. But only, but the choices we make. And when we, and the other piece too. You know that one, that one decision that you want to make, and it's in this. It's you have some conflict between you and somebody else. There's something that's not right between you and this other person. And every bit in you says this. I don't want to go to, to, and, and talk to this person because I like to avoid, and avoiding is really good for me. Because conflict is what? Now, Jason is the only one, other than probably my dad, who would say fun. Just, there's, this comes natural to him. But majority of his conflict, we, we don't like it. It's uncomfortable. But do you understand that our relationships grow through conflict? Our relationships grow through conflict. They do not grow through avoiding. And I have to choose to engage in conflict because my natural tendency is to avoid it and say, you know what? And not that there's anything wrong with prayer, 
I'll just pray about this situation, and I'll pray about it, and I'll pray about it. Do you know that sometimes God says, get off your knees and stop praying and go and confront it? Do you know that sometimes you got to stop praying over, over a certain situation in your life, and you got to get up from that piece and actually go and address it? And that's a choice. That's a choice we make. I was doing counseling with a guy a while back, and in our first session I ever had, we're sitting there and we're talking and in this conversation, and he goes, if you tell me that life's all about choices, you can just get up and leave. Started to grab my bag. I was like, help me understand that. He goes, there's certain things in life I don't choose. He goes, I didn't choose to have my wife die at this age. I didn't choose to have my kids rebel. I didn't choose any of this. And I was like, yep, but you can choose how you respond to it. That's what's in your power. You can choose how you respond to these things. And today we get to see that our choices that we make, the choices whether to stay stuck or whether to live in freedom, will help reflect, will reflect his glory into this world. And so let's go dive into this. So Isaiah 6, 3 says this, and one called out to another, and these are angels, and we're going to define glory if you're new here today. Um, we're going to define it. So Isaiah 6, 3 said, and one called out to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his and the amazing thing about this is that, this, is that his glory is, it has everything to do with his holiness. Everything. And his holiness is this, is that it's, it is who God is. It is his very essence. It's very who he is. You cannot add to it. You cannot take away from it. You, it, it's not dependent on whether I'm in a good mood or a bad mood. It's not dependent on anything about me or what I do. It is who he is. And so for me to think that I can add to his holiness or take away of it based on whatever's going on, it does not happen. Our God is holy. He is perfect. There's nothing that can be taken away from him. And what happens is this, for his glory to come into this world, it is this, it is that his holiness starts to appear and radiate into this world. And God so loved man that he created us in his image so that we would be the very thing that he chooses to reflect his glory. So the more I trust him, the more that I allow him to write his story on my heart, who he is radiates out of me, reflects off of me, and into this world. And when that appears into this world, his glory shines. And he loves us so much that he allows us to be a part of it. And so we get to see this. So God's glory is the radiance of his holiness the radiance of his manifold, infinitely worthy, valuable perfections. That's who our God is. And that is his glory. And so we get to see this piece in 2 Corinthians 3, 12 to 18. It reads this. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. 
and are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But their minds were hardened for until this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. And so as we open this up, there's, there's some choices that we make. Paul's writing this to this church, and, and in this piece, it's very interesting. He's trying to defend his ministry. He's trying to defend what he's doing because there's some people over here saying that what he's done is not, he's, he's not, who real, he's not matching up. They're starting to question everything, the foundation that he laid. And so they're bringing this into it. And so this whole passage, a lot has to do with Paul defending his ministry and bringing this up. And him saying, look, this is what it's about. But as we read this passage, what gets unpacked is that as he's defending his ministry and what he's done, in other words, the choices that he makes, what he's poured into, all these things, out of this piece, out of this particular passage, is the glory of the Lord is shown and is reflected out of the very people that God's writing a story on. In the same way that God is writing the story of our lives, in the same way that we choose to believe in Jesus rather than our own works, and we choose to follow Jesus and fall into his grace and mercy and allow that to cover me, rather than trying to be good enough, in that same manner that Paul writes in this, he's sitting here saying, listen, God's glory is going to be shown through this. And I can stop defending myself and you can just start looking at what he's done. Because of the choice he made to be obedient to what God called him to do. And so we get to see this piece. There's the very first choice that he writes. See, we, the whole idea in this piece is we read in 18. We get to reflect God's glory by living free. And let me say that there's some of us that we're trapped and we're okay with it. Like we're stuck and, and it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay to be stuck. It's not okay to be trapped. That's not where he wants you. He wants you to live free. He wants you to live in this experience, this liberty that he has for you. He wants you to experience this new life. That's what he wants for us. That's where his glory is shown. And so this idea that it's okay to be trapped, it's not true. You're believing a lie. That it's okay to, to, to walk around miserable. No, that's not what he's called you to do. He wants you to live in this freedom that he has for you. And so this first choice that we have that we can look at that Paul presents is this. Is therefore having such a hope. A, such a hope. Hope is this. Hope is having confidence. That God's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do without us seeing it first. That he's trustworthy. That my hope is in him and what he's already done. That he's going to work out exactly what he wants to work out. And that his glory is going to shine regardless of what happens. 
See, too many times we think that because, because I have the way that the best way for God to do something, because we all do that, right? We all sit there and say, God, God if you just listen to me, I, I have the best way to fix my own problems. And, if you, and I, I think he sits there and says, Chad, you're the idiot that made the choices that got you there in the first place. Just trust me. See, hope is that regardless of what happens, he's going to work it out for his good. That he's going to show up. See, that's the piece that we have hope in, that what he's promised is already done. We don't see it. We don't see the end thing, but we know and we have hope that he's, it's already done and we can just walk it out. And we can make the choice to see it. And so the first thing that we have, therefore, having such a hope. And Paul's saying, listen, my hope is in Jesus and that it's already done. And he goes on that the new covenant that we talked about last week and this idea that it's no longer based on what I do, but it's based on what Jesus has already done, that he goes to this point, therefore having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. And the first choice we have is to either be bold or be fearful. To be bold or be fearful. Fear tells me to be quiet. Boldness tells me to be open. The, the choice I have is do I, do I put my hope in Jesus or not? And if my hope is in Jesus, then I can be bold in what he's doing in my life. I can, show, I can tell people the, the very thing that he's done. And in our group on Monday nights, we've been walking through this discipleship piece. And there's been some amazing questions that come out of it. And one of the things that Peter writes is, he says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Be ready. To give a reason for the hope that you have. Now notice that he doesn't say, hey, be ready with all the worldly logic in the world to, give, to be able to answer everyone's question. No, he says, be ready for the reason why you have the hope that you have. And all these questions that come up, and, and you go in, and, and all these things, it's very interesting. This boldness and be able to say, you know what? Logically, I don't have an answer here, but I can give you the reason why I have hope. And I can say this, too. Because I have hope and because this is where my hope lies and what Jesus already did, I know that God can work through that and that God can work in their lives. My job's not to convert people. My job's to give the reason for the hope that I have. God's job's to do the converting. Plain and simple. When we mess that up, we start getting frustrated. And so here's the choice, the first choice that I have, and in order for God's glory to be reflected out is, will I choose to be bold with the reason why I have hope, or will I be fearful and keep it inside? This word boldness means to be open. When you get down to, to the, 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 the translation of it, it means to be open. Am I open about the reason why I have hope and faith in Jesus? Or am I fearful of it? And Paul writes this very thing. He says, you, we use great boldness in our speech and are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. This, this picture of this veil that would, he would use. He would go in and he'd meet with God and in the presence of God, his face would glow. 
And then as he'd go out and he'd meet with the Israelites, he would put this veil on so it wouldn't scare them because they feared it. And the piece is this, is do we live in fear with a veil over us or do we live with hope and let his glory shine out of us? And we're open in boldness with it. 2 Timothy 1.7 reads this. And if you question whether you have what it takes to make this choice to be bold, go to 2 Timothy 1-7. And if you don't have this as one of your main passages, let me just say, make it one of your main passages that you have in your house. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of what? Read it. Power. And what? This is where y'all participate. What's he given us? A spirit of what? Then why do we live in fear? He's been given us a spirit of what? Power and why do we hate? Why do we get mad at people when they don't agree with us? Why do we get irritated with people when they don't do exactly what we've, called, what we've asked them to do? He's given us this spirit of power and of our choice is this, either live in fear or be bold. The choice that you make day in and day out will dictate whether your life is starting to be transformed. Here's the thing, you ready? Maybe one time you let fear take over. Do you know that he's already forgiven you? And in the exact same moment, you can choose boldness out of that fear. You're not stuck there. You don't have to be stuck there. You can live in his boldness. The other one is as we live, a spirit of power, love, and discipline. And I know that word discipline scares the tar out of a lot of us, but that means we make it a habit. That he's given us peace to where we can make decisions to choose to follow him day in and day out. And as we make this choice to be bold, there's something else that, that we need to make a choice that, that he writes in 2 Corinthians 3, 14 to 16. He says this, but their minds were hardened. And he's talking about the Israelites. He's talking about the Jews at the time. But their minds were hardened. For until this very day, at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. See, the majority of the Jews in that time denied Christ. They didn't want anything to do with Christ. They didn't see him as the Messiah. They didn't see him as the one that was bringing about salvation. And so what happened is every time this came about, their hearts became harder and harder. Do you know that this is true for us too? When things don't go our way, when things don't go the way we want, we like to hide, we like to cover up. And what happens to our heart? We become callous, we become hardened to what God's doing. And so we choose our own thing, we choose to live in fear. We don't choose to live in boldness. And so our hearts grow harder and harder. And if you don't believe me, let me ask you this, when's the last time God asked you to do something and you were so fearful and couldn't trust what he was going to do or trust that he was going to fulfill it that you started to just walk away from him? You started to turn from him and your heart grew harder and harder and you became callous to it. 
And he's sitting there and he's saying, there's something's got to happen here. When you choose boldness, let choose boldness to follow me. And he makes this other point. He says this, you either have the choice to do two things. And he talks about, but it is removed. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person does what? To the Lord, the veil is taken away. We've got to get to this point where rather our choice becomes turning towards him rather than away from him. The more I turn away from him, the harder my heart becomes. We've got to make this choice to turn towards him. And when we turn towards him, we do it day in and day out to just continue to turn towards him and allow him to soften our hearts and allow him to speak to us and allow him to guide us. And as that happens, our hearts soften, and guess what he can do with a soft heart? He can mold us. He can transform us. If my heart is hard, I want you to think about this. If my heart is hard, there's not much that can be done with it. Remember when you were a kid, and you used to get Play-Doh, and you did what? You leave it out? What happens? And then what happens? Crumbles everywhere. And then your mom gets mad at you because you got it all over the house. And then she bans Play-Doh from the house altogether. Some things are just easier, Mike. But see, there's, they can't mold that. Remember, remember like on Easter and you pull the Play-Doh out of your, out of, out of your basket. And you open it up and it's moldable because it's soft. And you can make it. It's fresh. And you can turn it into what you want it to. You're like that Play-Doh in God's hands. And the more you turn towards him, the softer your heart is. And he can start to transform that peace, your life, into what he wants. The more you turn away from him, the more you choose something else, the harder you become. And you start to crumble. And you start to make a mess of your life. And it's not what you want it to be. Because you continue to turn away from him. And he can't mold it when that happens. So we turn towards him and it's soft. And we're fresh and he can transform us into who he wants. And so the question we have, the answer choice we have to make is do I turn toward him or away from him? In Acts 14, 15, it says this, and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We, also, we are also men of the same nature as you and preach the gospel to you that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. The, the author in Acts is telling us, listen, why are you keep doing the things that are hardening your heart? Why do you keep doing these things? Why do you keep choosing these things when what you need to do is just turn towards me? Turn towards God and allow him to start, to, to start moving. And, and he even tell, tells us about the living God and who he is. 2 Corinthians 3.17 reads this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
And what we're talking about here, who the, the piece that we're talking about is a part of the Trinity here. And we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when Paul writes this, he's talking about what happens is when we invite Christ into our lives, we are given the gift of the Spirit, given the Spirit, gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that lives within us and, the, and that guides us. And he's the one that points things to us. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us see and helps us understand what Scripture's saying and helps us understand that next step. And it's the one that gives us that guidance and that correction and all these things. And so in this piece, we get to see now the Lord is the Spirit. Okay, the Spirit that is within me and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And here's what it means is liberty is without barriers. And if I don't have barriers because the Spirit lives within me, I don't have excuses. And as I don't have any barriers, then guess what I can do? I can continue to pursue what God's calling me to. And so the, what, the two things that I have, and if you put barriers around me, here's what takes place is I get trapped. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not living in liberty. And so because I have the spirit, I'm already set free and I can already live in liberty. But for some reason, I choose to live trapped rather than to live free. I choose to live with all these barriers. How many times have we, has God asked us to do something in this world? And my first excuse is, my first thing I say is, yeah, but God. What about this? What about this barrier? God, you're asking me to step out in faith, but do you understand that I don't see that third step from now? And I don't know what that third step from now is. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay back here, and I'm just going to stare. And maybe you'll show me that third step because I know one and two, but I don't, I'm not going to take one and two because three scares the tar out of me because I can't see it. And that number three becomes my barrier, and that number three is the one that keeps me from doing it. And so rather than living as freedom and continue to pursue him, I'll just stay back here and and I'll live trapped. And he's given us a gift of the Holy Spirit to live in us. It says quit worrying about the barrier and just start following me. And start taking the steps of faith and watch what I do. And when we do that, there's liberty. There's freedom. Galatians 5, 1 says this, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. It was for not having barriers that you have to worry about that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. In other words, don't let the barrier, don't let the trap keep you. 13 says this in Galatians 5, for you were called to freedom. This is what he's called you to. He didn't call you to be trapped. He called you to be free. He died so you could be free. You were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. See, when we live in liberty, it becomes about something other than us. Majority of our barriers is our selfishness. Majority of what gets in our way is our own selves. And so our choice is this, do I live free or do I live trapped? And lastly, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 is this, but we all, with unveiled faces, this unveiled face, we don't have to hide that we belong to Jesus. 
We don't have to hide that we get a relationship with our God, that we can go into his presence and we can talk to him. We don't have to hide that. We can allow that, that veil to come off and allow his, his glory to reflect off of us. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being, say this word with me, are being, it is a process. It is a not an overnight deal. For all you moms out here who have wayward children, trust that God is at work in your kid's life, transforming them. And even when it seems hopeless, he's still working. If you don't believe me, grab my mom after church. And she can tell you, the hell I put her through. And in the midst of all of it, he was transforming my life. It is a process. It does not happen overnight. For all of us that are stuck and trapped and we can't seem to get it right because we keep making the wrong choices, we keep making choices that don't align with him, remember that he has you in this process of transformation. He has you on this journey that he's transforming your life. And as he continues to transform it, guess what, guess what happens? We reflect his glory just like a mirror. Don't give up on the process. Allow him to work. Start making choices to turn to him. Start making choices to trust him. And so as we go on, it says, Transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. And my choice is this, do I stay the same or do I allow him to transform my life? When I start making these choices, choices to be bold, choices to turn to him, choices to live free, and choices to be transformed. When I start to do that, his glory, his glory reflects off of me. He can mold me into who he wants, into his very image, and it reflects off of me. It reflects off of you. Stop waiting for someone else to make the choice for you. Stop waiting for someone else to do something in order for God to work in your life because here's what he's telling you. You have the power to make a choice of whether you want to turn towards me or turn away. And he'll be there every time for you to turn and look at him. It's your choice. And the choices we make today will decide whether we reflect his glory today and as he continues to transform my life. And it's up to me and what I decide. It's already been done in his book. Already been done. I just have to make the choice to walk it out. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 say this. That in reference to your former manner of life, you will lay aside the old self. Some of us need to hear this today. Your old self is that trapped life. 
Your old self is that thing that's that barrier that you continue to just stand behind. And a lot of us, we like that barrier so much, we hide behind it. It becomes our safety piece. It becomes, hey, this is, this is it for me. I'm going to hide behind it. And yet we hide behind and we stay trapped. That's the old self. He wants to get rid of that. Get rid of it. Lay, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be re, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Guys, he wants to do an amazing work in your life. He wants to transform your life in such a way that his Holiness and glory appears out of us and is reflected out of us. And that's the story that he wants to write in our lives and for others, this whole world to see. And it all depends, already been done, but whether it happens in my life is dependent on the choices that I make. And so the question is, what will I choose today? Will I choose to turn towards him or away from him? Will I choose to live trapped or choose to live free? Will I choose to allow him to transform me and make the choices that I need to make in order to allow his glory to appear into this world through me and off of me? Let's pray. Father God, we love you and praise you. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your love for us, Lord. And just as Paul, as he was defending what he did to a church that was questioning everything. Lord, he pointed right back to what you're doing in people's lives. He's pointing right back to how you want to transform our lives. And Father, may, may the hope that we have be grounded in you. And the reason that we have that hope, may it all be because of you. And so, Father, I pray for the choices we make this week, that our choices would be to turn towards you and not away from you, that our choices will be to live in freedom, to live in liberty, rather than to live trapped, that our choices would be to be bold and to be transformed by a God that has already made it happen because of Jesus. So, Lord, may we put our trust in you May we allow you to guide us. May we allow you to direct us. May we allow you to fill us with the very thing we need for each moment of the day so that we can constantly turn towards you so that our hearts are transformed to reflect your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So a couple ways for us to respond today. There's some tables over here that have our, our communion, our elements on it. And, and as you take communion, and if you feel the need to take communion today, here's what I encourage you to do. As you take it, the, the elements, I want you to remember that we have a God that gave his life for us, Jesus Christ. And because he shed his blood and he gave his life for us, we have a relationship with him. Not dependent on what we can do, but already dependent on what he did. And when we choose to believe that and we choose to follow that, he starts to transform our lives. So as you take communion, remember what he did. Another way we can respond is through giving. 
if God has blessed you in any way and, and is leading you to give back in any way, you, the offering bins are there. You can also take your cards out and write out a prayer request and say, hey, uh, this is what's going on in my life. I need prayer. And you can offer that up too. And don't forget if you've got a praise in your life, maybe God, just something amazing has happened and you want to share it. There's nothing wrong with offering our praise. I think we need to do that a little bit more to be reminded of how good he is and how amazing he is in transforming our lives. Write that on the card and put it in there as well. Lastly, the, the prayer team will be over here to pray with you. If you need prayer over anything, uh, they'll be happy to pray with you. And all of this, and as we stand and sing, maybe our response today is just to say, you know what, God, today I'm turning to you. I'm turning away from all this other stuff, and I am turning to you, allowing you to transform my life. You respond how God leads. Stay in the center.